0: Welcome to the Real Estate Reinvention Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Balasari, and in this podcast, we specifically cater to the professional development and growth of women real estate agents. Here, we're going to be exploring the latest trends, strategies, and insights in the world of real estate, specifically tailored to the unique challenges and opportunities that women in the industry face. We will also be discussing and uncovering the power of niches in the real estate industry and how to create and optimize six figure funnels to drive your business and your revenue. Whether you're a seasoned professional or just starting out, you'll learn valuable information that will help you navigate the ever changing real estate market from negotiation techniques and marketing strategies to work life balance and personal development. We'll cover it all. So, join us as we empower and support women in the real estate industry and discover new ways to build your business, your brand, and unlock the full potential of the industry. So, sit back, relax, and get ready to learn how to elevate your real estate career today.
1: (laughs) Just a little technical difficulty. Good evening, everyone. It is Michelle Balasari with the Real Estate Reinvention Podcast, Vlogcast. And today I am super pumped because I've got the one, the only, the fabulous Kristen Stampini in the house. Woo-hoo! Hey, how are you? How are you, friend? <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I did a little beach time today, which I needed a little self-care and uh, all's good. How are you, Miss Traveler? Good. I did
2: a podcast earlier today, actually, in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, did you? My second podcast.
1: I'm the best podcast.
2: That's right. You are. I'm very
1: excited. (laughs) Yeah, I am too. Um, We've been wanting to get back together for a while. And um, here's the thing. I've known Kristen for... I don't know how long, like, I we've think got our in, I don't know, a long time, a, <laughs> a long time, a long time. As a matter of fact, Kristen and I, uh, really were licensed almost, I think at that around the same time we were at similar, well, we were at the same brokerage, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And we kind of followed each other around and I love everything that she does. And so um, we were chatting about a week ago and came up with this game plan. And this is episode 100, by the way, of my podcast, which used to be Woo! called In the Hive with Michelle B. But we're, we're switching things up, as, as you know, because, you know, branding and changing up, pivoting is what we have to do in this business. So I'm super excited to talk to Kristen tonight. And I think you guys are going to find some great value in her journey from bankruptcy to millionaire through short sale mastery and income diversification. Um, I'm going to give the short bio and then let Kristen just kind of roll. We're going to talk about niches because that's what this podcast is about. And we're going to talk about some other pieces to this because Kristen is just a wealth of information. Um, around the age of 40, she started her life over, uh, bankrupt and broken. And I remember when we had a conversation about that in Palm beach. Do you remember that?
2: Yeah, we were actually at a women's council event. And I told you that I had either just claimed bankruptcy or I was claiming bankruptcy at the time.
1: Yep, exactly. Um, you had $700 to your name. You moved to Florida. Mm. with the only person that you knew, your beautiful mom, who is just, you know, we know that she passed away recently and was just an amazing person. And you certainly have her spark and personality, friend. Mm. Um, so Kristen got her real estate license and started a niche in the real estate short sale market. And when I tell you this girl's a badass at this, she is a badass at it. Mm-hmm. And today, 16 years later, she has 16, 16 different types of investments and streams of income. And her income is more than $3.5 million a year. So not only do I just adore uh, Kristen as my friend, but she is an advocate. She's a coach. She truly wants the best from everyone that she meets that she comes in contact with. That's just how you are. You have a big heart, even though you freaking like Michigan, and we won't discuss that. <laughs> well, thank
2: you. Thank you. Thank you for the introduction. Michelle on, in. been a dear friend, one of my very best friends for quite some time, actually, since um, pretty much since I started in real estate. And uh, she saw me, you know, she saw me through those hard times and uh, through claiming bankruptcy and not having any money. And, you know, when I when I first moved to Florida, I had run restaurants for uh, 18 years. And I had gone in and worked really hard at, you know, 60 to 80 hours a week running restaurants, um, either Going in as a general manager, I went into some restaurants and turned them around. I started some from the ground up, you know, so I was in that business, which I feel really, really helped me when I did get into the real estate market, or when I, I got into the real estate business, should I say. So when I moved to Florida, I moved here because of my mom, who unfortunately just passed away at December 17th of 2022. So it's been you know, very recent. And she was like, you should get your real estate license. So I started waiting tables at Houston's restaurant in Pompano Beach after being a general manager for many years. So that was, you know, um, that was. That was a tough journey, but it was the journey I needed to take at the time when I was bankrupt and broken and starting my life over and trying to figure out what my next steps were in life, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So as I pushed back and didn't want to get my real estate license, I actually went to real estate school and didn't take my state exam until the 11th month. They give you 12 months to take it until you have to take the, I literally waited.
1: (laughs) Did you too? (laughs) I, I flunked it the first time, and ironically, it was after my mom passed away. And I just was like, "I'll get my real estate license," and then I just flunked the hell out of it. And waited four years to get it. So yeah, there wow. you go. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you understand.
2: So then, um, I when I did get it, I ended up working as a server at Houston's and working in the real estate. Uh, you know, trying to get started in real estate. So I worked both for two years. Uh, so I worked eighty hours a week. And everything that I was pretty much making at the restaurant, I was putting back into real estate. Uh, I got a mentor and coach really quick, uh, and that's Craig Proctor, who I still have today, uh, because he was a marketer. And I, when I started in real estate, it wasn't like I could ask for referrals or, you know, I didn't know anybody, so it wasn't, um, you know, I had to, I had to build the business, right? And I had to do that by learning how to market. And I learned that through my mentor. So I would work at the restaurant to pay bills and, and to put it back into real estate marketing and everything else. And I said, you know, what can I do that's different? Cause at the time the market was crashing fast and hard. Right. right. And I'm like, what can I do different? And that's when I um, was introduced to the CDPE as as some of you guys know um and Alex Sharfin was uh here in Boca is where he you know right. and uh Katie were and so I was introduced to that and I thought okay let me learn this short sale stuff cuz so many people are either struggling as realtors that have been realtors for 20 30 plus years um and let me figure this out and in the short sale market the reason why I like short sales is number one I was, I had just been going through a rough time myself. Right. Mm -hmm. So I could relate to the people that were losing their homes and they could feel that I cared because I really did. I was going through rough time myself. Um, and it was so different than traditional real estate. So, It was where, you know, the people that were successful, I feel the most successful in the short sale market are the ones that really cared about the people and didn't care about the sale as they did about figuring out how to help the people. So I was able to figure out systems and processes and hiring the right people to help me navigate through that short sale marketing and then using my, uh, real estate coach and mentor and figuring the marketing part out to get the real estate short sale deals. Right. So I was at, you know, pretty quickly, I was taking between 15 and 20 listings a month, just in short sales. I remember and, that. Yeah. So I was able to, um, to hire somebody for calling the banks because I, I when I hired an attorney to do it and you know they had better things to do than really calling calling the banks and you know they were getting paid at the end of the sale so if it didn't go through they weren't getting paid uh, so it was much better that I got somebody to actually make the calls and follow up and actually somebody who was an extension of our team so. That's really how I started. And I think, like I said, the success of it was learning how to market. Then it was really caring about the people and learning the systems and processes and having a great team behind me to successfully really, really, really take off in the short sale market. And when I did that, I also, through Women's Council of Realtors, I was, I met so many great people, but I also met some people to do the REO, REO properties. So I got a couple good accounts, um, and started listing REO properties just from the connections and the networking that I did through, uh, through the, um, through Women's Council of Realtors. So that's really where it all began Michelle and yeah, I just exactly. grew it from there. So Well, and
1: the thing is what you brought up which a lot of agents need to understand it was relatable. Yeah. It was a relatable niche. You'd gone through a difficult time, you knew how to help other people going through a difficult time. You're also the manner and how you speak to people Uh, who are going through something like that, you know how to get them to the next chapter, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's a very emotional thing when you are losing your home. And those agents who may be watching this that have never experienced a housing crash, we're not in a housing crash. We went through that time It was very difficult for a lot of people. But Kristen really understood quickly how to pivot, how to get a mentor and how to find a niche. No. And we were at the same company, kind of doing different paths, and then we we would follow each other, which was yeah. always kind of fun. Kristen yeah. also is a very good planner, and I'll never forget all your colored pens and markers. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you have this um, journey with the niche, right? How do you? What What were the ups and downs of creating that? funnel, basically, and you created two funnels out of it, right? Because you had the REO funnel and the short sale funnel. So what were some of the peaks and valleys, challenges that maybe you came across when you were creating it and growing it? Uh, You know, that's a great question. So first of
2: all, it was making sure that I was working with motivated sellers that actually wanted the ones that were doing it for the right reasons and didn't have a bunch of money in the bank, that were honest About their situation, because if they had a bunch of money in the bank and they were just doing it to get out underneath the sale, um, or, you know, they had, if they had homeowners association or condo association dues and they were years behind, I mean, those were next to impossible to get through. So I needed to make sure that I was really helping the ones that really, really needed the help and that were really, really honest with me. So, you know really quickly, I made sure that um I was you know I put together a system and asked a lot of questions and made sure that that's the people that I was working with because these are a lot harder I felt than a regular traditional real estate sale so you could spend 50 60 70 80 hours of your time for it not to go through right. and so it was really important that I, was picking, you know, the people to work with. And then I was educating them. I really cared about, you know, the well-being of them as well. Um, And then, so that was the first step. The second step was educating realtors because realtors had no idea what they were doing, most of them through the short sale market. And they would just throw things on the market. They would. Um, they would not know how to do the short sale process. They would not know how to navigate. So I made sure, for example, um, you know, sometimes it took 90 days or even longer to get a short sale approved. And then all of a sudden the buyer's gone and the agent didn't even know what they were doing to, you know, to have anyway, to have the buyer engaged. Okay. Through the end. So we required, um, inspections up front. We required a certain amount in escrow. We, we had certain, you had those
1: checklists. I remember because I would see them Mm -hmm. if I had a buyer and you had a very specific package that I believe you customized. I did. So that the fall through rate was minimized because it it could be substantial. And then you're starting all over because the banks were not that cool. This is an understatement of the year. The banks weren't that cooperative. (laughs) No, they weren't. And they were figuring it out themselves.
2: You know, if they had a second mortgage, you know, people didn't realize that, it was the investors and it might not have been, it, you know, for example, if it were Bank of America, they could have just been servicing the loan and it could have been a bunch of investors that were actually the ones who were attached to the loan. So there was so many things to be, to have, to, to navigate and to be really, really
1: good at this. And I just figured it out. Yeah. You really figured it out and, 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 and to the, you know, to the people that were able to utilize your services at that time. There was no one better. Yeah. In my opinion, not just because we're friends. <laughs> uh and I would refer clients over to you because yeah. I didn't really want to do the realtors <laughs> did. <Yeah. laughs> right. A lot of realtors did. Yeah. And now you do it. Yeah. <laughs> it. They did. And we're I was glad to you. Because
2: I had a system and a process and yeah. I knew how to make it work. And it would also make them look good to their clients because they knew what I, you know, how, that I knew what I was doing. So there was exactly so many, there were so many challenges along the way. I learned those challenges. I because I was so new in real estate, I figured it out. I figured the systems and the processes and I figured out the marketing and I just took off. And that's how I ended up starting and made a lot of money doing short sales and REO, real estate owned properties. And that is literally how my real estate career happened.
1: Well, and you did it in a down market. That's, that's yeah. the piece, right? Yeah. So people are complaining, Oh, the market, the market. Whoa, wait a second. There's opportunity yeah. in all types of markets and all types of economic situations. That's right. uh, I really learned that from you Yeah, because Kristen is a mentor to me. She's also my friend, but she's, she's a mentor to me. And when I was going through my very difficult time from 2008 to 2012, personal tsunami of sorts, um, Kristen was one of uh, two very close friends of mine who really said, hey, I think you should focus on listing niches and <laughs> mm-hmm. stop working with buyers for a while. Yeah. And, and I remember you would always say you're really good with the buyers Mm -hmm. and, but it's time for you to shift into something different that has uh, a better ROI emotionally, and then also financially. So she knows what she's talking about, which is why I wanted my friend on here today. So let me also ask you, like, I don't know. Oh, I guess Andy's home. Dogs are out of the room. Um, (laughs) how did having these niches segue you into your next ventures? Because yeah. you've done a lot of different things, right? right? Um, not just on the real estate side, but also on the health side. Yeah, You've had like parallel journeys with business and also self-care. So how do you think that that allowed you to go to the next step and scale to the next level? So once
2: I was able to figure out the systems in real estate and really learn that, and I made enough money now to be able to hire people and scale the real estate business. So what I did from there is I would invest money back in. And I literally worked for two years in, in both the restaurant and the real estate Um, And then once I had enough money to leave the restaurant business, because I would actually just work, you know, double shifts, you know, work maybe six shifts a week, then I took it to five, then I took it to four, then I took it to three. So I just kept cutting back as I could as I made the money and then kept investing back. And then what I did is I grew my next step was growing a team so at the time it was great i actually took all the listings still but on the buyer side i was able to hire agents to work all of the buyers so i would coach them train them mentor them and teach them how to be successful working with buyers and at one time um, i had a team of 13 agents back in 2017 that was that was a, a you know our best, year right. uh that was really good but then you know my vision had changed so going from you know wanting to have a hundred agents and and do all of that my vision quickly changed to that's not what I wanted to do um I I was involved with the first um investment property where I had gotten you know married along the way and so my husband and I are partners and I had been involved in the first um investment property. I think it was around 2013 or 14. And that was just, you know, by saving up and, and buying investment property and then um and then fixing it up and then renting it out. So we never did like really, I mean, one that that Mark had, like actually I think a couple that he might have yeah. you know, flipped or what not flipped, but you know, maybe had less than a year or whatever. Yeah. But for the most part, we would buy and hold. So that was the next step was starting to buy a little bit of real estate ourselves buying, you know, duplex or, um, you know, or a um, villa or whatever it is, and start renting them out, because now we have income coming in, right. So that was helping us. Because I was Bankrupt and broken and starting over. And I never borrowed any money to do that. So as I'm building, I didn't borrow money from the bank. I didn't borrow money from other people to get the business. All I did is work really, really, really hard and take the money that I made and invested it back in. So I knew what the vision was, and my vision changes year after year. And I I think people need to realize that's okay. Mm -hmm. It will change. It'll change as you, you know, you and I are both middle-aged women, you know, it's not like you know, it's not like I'm I'm in my 30s again, or even 40s, right? So right. I had to realize I didn't want to be back ever where I was financially, when I started over with $700 to my name moving to right. Florida. That was right. not where I ever wanted to be again. So I was very cautious, but I also knew that I need to diversify, right? I needed to grow my income and not just the real estate industry. Because as we know right now, there are some realtors that are really struggling because of what's happened in the last right. six months. Right. You know? So anyways, with that being said, I mean, our prices are still high here in South Florida, but the amount of homes that are selling are half. Okay. So half of what they did a year ago. So definitely the market is changing. So after that building a team and everything, and then I started coaching, you know, for Craig. Right. Um, And I've been doing that for a long time, like 11 years. Yeah. And then after that, we um we started a virtual staffing company out of the Philippines that was back in 2017 and it's done really well. And what happened there is that I started hiring virtual assistants for our team and because I needed the leverage and I couldn't afford to hire them locally at 35, 50, 60, right. whatever thousand. So I just got really good at hiring virtual and I had 11 people at one time virtually working for us because I could leverage a lot more. I could give a lot better service. I could do a lot more things because of the amount of people I had. So I said, okay, great. Let's open our own. And that's what we did. So we opened up the, and that was back in 2017, and then um, really got more into investing. So syndications you know that's where you're going in with a group of people and you know it is passive okay so you you invest um also you know with uh we started self directed ira we bought our first airbnb with a self directed ira in tennessee um and then you know we bought two more airbnbs in tennessee and we also have done private money lending um stocks you know we uh, started during the pandemic, we started investing in stocks, you know, and have done have done uh, quite well in, you know, diversifying there as well. And also with crypto, you know, and crypto has been, um, you know, that's a little bit more risky. Right. But I talked to a lot of people that I trust that have done it and are in it. And, you know, I bought overall, I bought low, quite low, not right. not at, at 16000, but low. <laughs> right, About, gotcha. you know, yeah. It's long term. And then um, NFTs, which are, you know, Tycoin, coin, um, you know, referral income, uh, different things that mutual funds, you know, we have mutual funds and we have stocks that we don't um, that we actually don't manage ourselves. Right. So there's 16 different kinds of investments and ways that we make income, you know, either or you know, with, with so many different ways than we have um, short-term, long-term rentals um, and, and many other things. So right. anyways, by doing all of this, it doesn't matter what market we're in, Michelle, because we're never having to worry about financially the real estate market. Right. And that's because what it's not
1: that you're not uber focused on that one thing, which I'm talking about more and more and getting on Clubhouse, which was a big, uh, you know, uh, thing back in 2020, I've stayed on there. But that is one of the reasons I know I made a change in my real estate brokerage was to start adding and diversifying to have other streams of income coming in. And so you have always inspired me to, you know, add those different layers to what I'm doing. And I know when you coach people, I mean, this is, this is, you know, midlife for us. Uh, we take it pretty seriously. We're, we're not like, I'm not my kids. And, um, you know, I don't want to be opening doors the rest of my, you know, life uh, to earn an income. Yeah. And, but real estate is a great income. And then if you layer it with other things, You start to see the light, you start to see the mailbox money a little bit or whatever you want to call it. Uh, But you work hard. And that's that's the piece that I know about my friend, Kristen, is how hard she works, but also how much due diligence she does Mm -hmm. on every project and every idea that she works on. And Kristen was the first person who really got me involved with getting a virtual assistant. I don't know if you remember that. And you kind, kind of coach problem. me on, oh, yeah. how to
0: how to hire?
1: Like, what do I need to look for? I don't need to look for someone like me. I need someone to look be the other person that does those things. So, you know what you're talking about, and you walk the walk and talk the talk. And I think that's important for people to hear because there's a lot of gurus out there, a lot of so called coaches, and I think some of the advice is just either old school, or it's just flat out bad. Well, and the other thing is
2: that you can really look at, Michelle, is that a lot of these people that are so-called coaches these days or mentors have never done it themselves. So to teach it, to do it, and they've never done it themselves, you got to really be careful and watch out who you're hiring, Mm
1: -hmm. making
2: sure that the people that who you want to be or who you want to utilize has done it and been successful in what you want and has is where where they are, where they've gone is where you want to be, you know, and I think that that's really important because there's so many people out there. One thing about Craig that I loved is he was number one worldwide with Remax for many, 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 many years. He learned the marketing aspect, you know, and so he was, and he still is today, even though he, he doesn't, you know, work in real estate. He was selling over 500 homes a year when there were no real estate teams. I mean, he yeah. was one of the first ones to develop real estate teams. Oh, yeah. And the guaranteed sale. So, three years ago, we opened up our own brokerage in, you know, Your Home Sold Guaranteed Realty. So, we have, you know, now our team is like very small right. and we have our brokerage. So, we have people that work within the brokerage. And then we have the, um, and then we have the remote staffing company, you know, virtual assistants in the Philippines. And then we have all these different layers of different kinds of income. So we even do Section 8, you know, Airbnbs, long-term rentals, syndications, um, yes. self-directed IRAs, and so many other things that we've done over the years, you know. Yes. So that's what it is today is really, really building our wealth so that you know, we can retire and still live a good life. And today, you know, we're traveling two weeks a month. I know. So we have a place in Boca and we have a place in central Florida. So it pleases both myself and my husband. Boca is much faster pace. And then Sebring is on a lake. It's much, you know, it's good for my mind, body and soul. And I love it. You know, we have our boat there and it's on a lake and it's very relaxing. So we're there, you know, about, let's say a week, a month, a week, a month, and then we travel about two weeks a month. So the good thing is, is we can work from anywhere in the world. And when we took, um, you know, three weeks off, over the summer in Europe we loved it cuz the time changed. and then we could work when yeah
1: we had our whole day and then we could work for a couple hours at the yep. end of the day so oh yeah girl i when i went to europe that was one of the things that was fantastic in 2018 and 2019 for the pandemic i was like oh this is great like this is this is fantastic yeah. <laughs> so awesome. i do know what you're talking about you do take some great trips you plan really beautiful trips for yourself. You, you do know the art of, um, self-care in regard to you work hard, but you also work smart,
2: you know, and, and I didn't always do that. Cause when I was working in the restaurant business, I was working 70, 80 hours and yeah. in 10 of the years. I moved 14 times. Yeah. I worked so hard. I worked myself to death. And I did that at first in the real estate business, but I knew that I was going to need to do that to get to where I am today. But I knew that I had a plan, I had a vision and I built goals and every quarter, you know, we have, you know, quarterly goals, yearly goals, monthly goals, and we're able to really look at those and change them accordingly to what we want to do. But then, you know, I have anxiety. And, and, you know, it gets, as I get older, my anxiety gets worse. And so I have to focus on my mental health and anxiety is a real thing for people that, I mean, I'm fortunately, we've talked about this,
1: like, it's not, it's
2: no joke. It is no joke. And you have to, I feel work on your mental and physical health. Or you are not going to do well for others. You just cannot. And I didn't for a long time. You know, I gained a ton of weight um, and I didn't work out at all. Uh, I didn't focus on my mental health, my physical health, and it really showed. But once I started to now focus back on my mental and physical health, it's a game changer. And I, you cannot let that go. You cannot let that go. It is so important. And because of my anxiety, I have to work on that all the time. And that's yeah. what happens when I, for example, go to Hippocrates Health Institute, right? right? And I cleanse every couple months. And then I am in Sebring, you know, one out of two weeks that I'm in Florida, uh, because that helps with my mental health and the health and my anxiety.
1: Well, you know, it's, I'm glad you're bringing this up because it, you know, sometimes it it becomes a dirty little secret, right? Um, that, uh, I've said this for a long time in our real estate industry, that anxiety and depression, the two little, Mm -hmm. uh, kissing cousins, as I like to call them is rampant. And, um, and it's hard sometimes to talk about it. I remember when I, I shared with you which I don't typically talk about other than with close friends is that I've suffered from panic attacks. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I first came to you and I said, you know, I've been dealing with panic disorder since I was about 15 and was diagnosed with it in college. Mm -hmm. And you're like, no. And I'm like, yeah, I just don't talk about it. It Mm -hmm. comes out as claustrophobia for me. So that creates anxiety for me and it comes from a different place. And so to your point, having the conversations with at least a close friend or someone who will understand and not go, well, I'll just hold your hand in that elevator. No, it's not that. It's more than that. Well, and, and I didn't want to medicate,
2: you know, highly
1: medicate. Right. And, and I
2: know you didn't either. And you did have, you know, I know friends of mine that had panic attacks so bad that they felt like they were dying. Well, fortunately I've never had it like that. Right. All of us experience different. And the thing is, is if we can help like me, this is how I feel. And you know, this because you're a little bit more private than I am. I used to be more private, but now I'm extremely open because if I can just help more people, that is my goal in life help more people. If it's to help more people know that it's okay to start over mid-age, it's okay to have no money. It's okay to do that. Cause I could have gone down the wrong path. You know, I could, I could have gone down a really, really dark path because it was dark when I was starting over. Um, but I chose a different path. Right. And then if I can help people understand that and that they can start over and there is, there is a way to do that. That makes me happy. If I can start people at being successful in real estate or business, because I don't even look at myself anymore as as a um, at, you know, as a realtor, because I'm not, you know, working day to day in real right. estate, but, but I look at myself more today as an entrepreneur, because I do have all of this other, all of these other businesses and streams of income and investments and such. So it's very different than just a couple of years ago, even right. Right. I, if I can help more people become successful and realize that you can do it. It's mindset. It's your body okay to if i can help more people you know lose weight and become you know better mentally and physically if i can help people who are in depression i've never really had the big depression. Of course, I've been depressed, but it's not been, you know, a big part of my life. It's more of the anxiety. But if I can help people talk about it and it's okay to talk about that. It's okay. If you were bankrupt, it's okay. If you have to start over, it's okay with all of these things. We need to talk about them because look at all the people that have committed suicide that you never knew
1: that, you know, it is sad. Please reach out and talk to people. It's okay to talk about it's okay to talk about it. And when we were talking a few weeks ago, and by the way, this is like a masterclass from Kristen, um, you know. And and you and I said, yeah, I'm I'm a little more private about some things. And you said, yeah, but it's okay to to talk about some of the things that you you know been challenged with. And I said, you know, you're right. I think I'll start doing that um, in a manner that I can I can um, handle. But also be a little more public about the anxiety and the panic that I've dealt with. And I'm 60 now. And I had wow. to read that you look amazing. Well, thanks. Well, the beach helps. But you pointed out, and you were so much there for me at 50 when I basically had to start over. Yeah. And so this is why we we're like the synergy with Kristen and I has always been amazing. And she just Her vision and her strength as a a person, not just a business person, is truly amazing. And I I feel like, look, you started with this niche. You had a lot of other things that were going on, but then you got focused and look where that helped you take off to and then recognize how you could layer that on top of things and then getting your personal health in order. Because I know you were you were challenged with that. And you have come so far. I'm just so proud of you. Well, thank you. I think,
2: you know, I think that everybody needs to know. And, and really, the person that helped me a lot was Craig. Because he used to make me tell my story on stage. And I was always embarrassed. And he's like, Kristen, you do not know how many people you help by telling it. And still, my husband today, Mark, is like, nobody wants to hear that. Or, you know, he say it like that, but he's like, people don't want to hear about your story. Like, I don't want, you know, whatever. And, but the thing is, is And he's seen it. Mark's seen it. But how many people come up to me at a conference because they can relate or I've given them hope or whatever. And I didn't want to share that. And when we were talking a few weeks ago and the reason why I told you that, you know, share more because you will change lives. The more you share, people can relate to you a lot better when you actually tell them where you were and where you're going. When we just talk about our successes People don't understand that. And and it's not real for them. If you talk about how you struggled, how you struggled so hard, and now you've gotten to where you are because you've worked so hard. Neither you nor I were given money and said, here's money to to go out and be successful or let me borrow money to to put into my business. Neither of us have did that. Neither of us. So- We have all just, we have both just worked extremely hard and have both had major struggles (laughs) and have gotten through it. And because of working so hard, is where we are today. And to be able to share that with everybody and to have people understand and relate to it, to me, if I can change lives because of it, I have no problem talking about it.
1: Yeah, I agree with you 100%. That conversation, and I always say to Kristen, she knows this. I go, I always look at my ass because it's usually bruised after <laughs> I have a conversation with her because she's like hitting me in the ass saying, go ahead, get this done, do this. It's with the, say that with love. But I got off the phone and I remember, I think a few weeks later, I said, oh, that was a game changer for me, Kristen, because I was in a bit of a funk. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, oh, I turned 60 last year. Just a few things, just driving me a little nutty. And I was like, oh, you know what? Yeah, I got to get back in my lane. I got to get my juice back. And yeah, I share my story on Clubhouse. It just seems like the easier platform, but I'm starting to share it more and more now. And you know that yeah, as someone that has dealt with people in my family that are alcoholics and recovery, and I've gone through that whole journey with them, Um being a mom of beautiful young, uh, adult women that I absolutely adore, you know, we all have a story to tell. And mental and, health in your family. I yeah. mean, you, you have, the thing
2: is, Michelle, one thing with you is you have I'm just watching you, what you've gone through, I've seen it all. And just sharing that story and people being able to relate. And I, I think I told you when I first saw, when I first got into real estate and I saw you, I used to admire you so much because I'd see that you were doing so many different things than anybody else. You were in the newspaper. You were in the magazine. You were in this. You were in that. And I would go, man, who is this? Before I knew you, I'm like, man, she's good. She's different. And I've told you that. And you didn't know that that's how I no, felt. I but when you talk about your story and what you're comfortable with, And where you're at today, you change lives and you've changed my life. Just listening to the stories that watching what you've gone through and the strong, we are just so much stronger for everything, every issue that we've gone through. We've just are so much stronger because of it.
1: No, so true. And you're so gracious with your time. And I'm so happy That you could be on here tonight. I don't. I don't want to do any like weird, funky ass questions because we could talk for hours, which we've done many a time. (laughs) We just talk and talk and talk, and um, we get. Hopefully, we'll see each other soon when you're back in Boca and not traveling. Um, Where can everybody find you, Miss Kristen?
2: Yeah. So first of all, uh, for remote staff company, you can uh, go to Stamp Staff. Also, you can uh, call at 561-221-2292. You can also reach out on social media, any social media sites, Kristen Stampini, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-S-T-A-M-P-I-N-I and message me on any social media site. Um, on Facebook it's actually Kristen Anderson stampini is my is my personal page yeah. and I'll get back to you you know um you guys are awesome I love being on here thanks so much Michelle I really appreciate
1: it no thank you for being on my 100th episode yay um fantastic and you know what we're gonna have you back so stay tuned thanks again my friend and we will see everyone on the next episode of the Real Estate Reinvention Podcast. See Love you, girl. Love
0: you, too. That's all for today's episode of the Real Estate Reinvention Podcast. I hope you found today's discussion informative and valuable. Remember, in this industry, the key to success is constantly learning, growing, and adapting to the market. I hope this podcast will be a valuable resource for you in your journey to reinvent, reinvigorate, and elevate your real estate career make sure to check out the website, realestatereinvention.com, my Instagram channel at the Michelle B, any of the socials that I'm on and subscribe to the newsletter for more tips and strategies. And please don't forget to share this podcast with your friends and colleagues in the industry. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you on the next episode.